I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Hi! Hello! Hello, Anwar. Hi, Fairlith. Welcome to Discast, everybody. We have a lot to talk about today. A yes, lot to get through. It's, yes, this is going to be a, a, a pretty hefty episode because not only are we going to discuss the news, but also we're discussing today's main film, which is Fantasia. And Fantasia is a pretty hefty film only because there's so much in it. Because it, yeah. it's it's the longest film uh, up to this point in terms of within the Disney canon, uh, and... clocking in at over two hours. Mm-hmm. And technologically, just a huge leap forward and reach. Oh yes, well. yes, yes, yes. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll get all we'll get to all that in a moment. For now, we're going to start, of course, with the news. I really want I really want like a little news jingle thing. Anyway, well, we'll get we'll get, get that eventually. We'll get that eventually. Uh, okay, and then you can edit it in, and then yes. it'll be just Disney magic. It'll in be our brilliant. Podcast. Right it'll here. be I'll beautiful. Help I'll it'll help be... you. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, just because like I like the idea of like having like a little jingle to cut up the. The segments and whatnot. I always think that's cute whenever that happens. We could sing it. We're singers. That's true. It's just like a little like like Disney news time, Disney news time, and there's my jingle. That's beautiful. <laughs> just put in some vibrato and it will make a million dollars. Yes. Okay, so. All right. Uh, Disney news time, Disney news time. Go. Okay. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? You start. All right. I'll start. <laughs> So my main thing of news is the fact that Disney World has officially announced the 50th anniversary coming up. I know. I didn't even realize. I I know more about Disneyland history than the other parks just because, you know, you can only focus on one thing at a time. And I was pleasantly surprised by this news. Yeah. So uh, the reason I like I've been kind of. I've known about the 50th anniversary coming up um, uh, mainly because it's kind of been like the next big thing that I've been wanting that I've been wanting to be a part of in regards to the to the parks because I uh, I obviously the six when the 60th happened like that was like how long ago and so obviously I missed it um, <laughs> but I wanted to because I want to go to a big event with. Uh, my partner Colin for the parks and I remembered the 50th and I was like oh yeah that's right because Disney World was like a good solid like f- 10 f- 12 years after yeah uh, Walt never Disneyland. got to see it yeah unfortunately mm-hmm. but uh and so yeah so I've like the 50th anniversary was always kind of at the back of my head mm-hmm. uh and I knew that it was coming up and then I saw the official the of- they officially announced uh, when it starts and how long it goes for. So it starts October 1st of this year, October 1st. Mm-hmm. And it runs yep. for, it's going to run for 18 months. 18 months, Anwar. We can go if there's 18 months for us to get our act together like, during. <laughs> that's a long ass time. That is a long ass time. I, I saw this news and I was immediately like, well, as soon as I'm vaccinated, that's where I'm going. I deserve that. Um, and I think I might go on a road trip. Anyway, g- keep going. We'll talk about my road trip after, but I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, so some of the big things that uh, that they announced were uh, obviously they've uh, 
they've done some big color changes and they're working on that right now. They I think they finished I think they finished the full repaint of Cinderella's castle. Um, I don't know if they finished it, but I know they're planning it. Yeah. Um, uh, they're I know. going to, yeah, because they've already had some of its, uh, they had a royal makeover yes. last year of it. That's what it was, but yeah. That, yeah, but that's just sort of like some building blocks, like they're going to yeah. do more. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that, I think that's what I was remembering was that like they finished the, the main paint job, uh, mm-hmm. which of course made it much more, uh, much more vibrantly pink and vibrantly blue. Uh, yeah. Which I personally really like. I think it looks visually beautiful, and especially I do too. Yeah, and especially because you know, obviously you're going to take a picture in front of the castle, and when you take <laughs> a picture in front of the castle, you want the thing to look nice. And so, like in pictures and photos, it looks stunning. It looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's vibrant. It's pretty. Um, well, it reminds it, me of the castle in Paris, and that's my favorite uh-huh. castle in the world. Uh huh. And so the the other things that they're planning to do with it is uh, aside from they're they're going to put like a big like fiftieth like a big 50 plaque thing in front of yep. the thing, which is going to be nice, uh, mm-hmm. kind of reminiscent to, I, th- I think they were talking about how it's reminiscent of the 10th anniversary of uh, Disneyland Paris, similar oh, idea, cool. where there was like a big plaque in front of the main castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're gonna in, they're gonna install like these big golden ribbon type things. Yeah, on the castle, like like streamers, like bunting all over uh-huh. it. And I think that's wonderful. I I think that's a great idea. I think it's such a better makeover than turning the castle into a cake. Oh my god, a plus cake. <laughs> Did you ever see the castle turn into a cake? I've seen the pictures, and it did you is... see the castle turned into a cake? Like, <laughs> like, like, like the actual like when it actually turned into a cake. <laughs> I'm very confused. Yeah, they did an overlay. I I forget which you, anniversary you, it was. You mean, Let's or, look it up right now. Or do you now. mean the overlay itself? Because I've seen the overlay. Well, there there was an overlay. Yeah, the overlay where they made the castle look yes. like a cake. They didn't really turn it into a cake. No, I obviously. don't think they have that technology. No, but I just didn't like <laughs> like was there a moment where they like visually like somehow yeah. turned into like I, I know what you, I know I know what I think I know what you mean. Like where it looks like a cake. Yes, yes, I do remember seeing yeah, the pictures yeah. of that. I mean I'm gonna have to hold this up to my webcam screen, but I'll also try and post yeah, it on that's the Instagram. The one. That's it's that's twenty fifth anniversary yep. castle cake. I like it. But not if you're stuck with it for over a year. I mean, it's 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 a thing. It's a cake. It's a thing they did. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cute. I, I, I understand everybody's perspectives on the cake, both good and bad. But I think the golden bunting is going to look so wonderful and yeah. amazing. I think it's going to be so beautiful. Well, there I've already. I think they've already got like some images of like. Um, there's an artist. Uh, yes, like there's artist renderings of it, and it looks very pretty and i think it's going to be very very nice and especially because of just like the size of that castle yeah yeah it's, it's massive gonna be, it's going to be good uh they were they were i think there are some concerns of uh the uh what's it called mm-hmm. the projections so like whenever they do like projection oh. shows and stuff i think there's cuz uh, cuz of course the castle itself is like it's all projection mapped right and mm-hmm. so I think their concern is how is it going to look uh, with that and whether that's going to be a big issue and whether or not it's yeah. going to like kind of mess up the images and all this other stuff. So, I, I, I mean, I'm sure they've like planned for that because that's a huge oversight if they didn't. I'm sure. Right. Um, I'm looking at the um, artist rendering right now. And honestly, it doesn't look like a massive change. It just looks like the castle looks way better. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, the the bunting itself seems to be trimming 
um, things that are already there. I'll, I'll again, I'll post this on the Instagram. I have to re-listen to the episode from last week and figure out what I <laughs> promised. But um, it looks to me from the artist rendering, which I'm not sure if you can see me holding it up to the mm-hmm. webcam, but mm-hmm. it, it won't affect it too much. No. Um, well, that's good. Just because, like, yeah. of course, uh, uh, the the projections are such a big part of the the nightly shows, right? I agree. So. Yeah, if they if they mess those up, that would be very silly. I'm sure they're yeah. not going to. No. So that's my uh, that. Oh, I also have like another kind of my minor ish piece of news. It's it's very oh, small. It's a very small thing that I that I picked up. So uh, I'm uh, I'm I've been retweeting about all this, like everything that that I've been mentioning on our uh, on our Twitter page, uh, which is at cast underscore diz. And uh, the other thing I found was uh, the composer, Danny Elfman, is coming in to compose a score for Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, yay. I love his stuff. Uh, every every soundtrack Danny Elfman oh, yeah. is responsible for. I went to a show here in Vancouver uh, where uh, they did a... Uh, they did a concert of Danny Elfman's music. Like, cool. yeah, the whole concert was completely dedicated to Danny Elfman. And so, like, it was all of his, like, famous music. It was all his famous scores. You know, you had your Batman. You had your uh, Nightmare. You had Edward Scissorhands. You had uh, Big Fish. Like, a bunch of the stuff that he's worked on. Like, it was all, like, these, the all of the scores. And it was great. That's and it was gorgeous. awesome. And I loved it. Yeah. I love that kind of concert, too. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I can't wait to hear that. And that, like, I mean, <laughs> that sort of jumps me into like WandaVision. Um, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything because obviously the episode just came out. But have you seen the most recent one? I have. I like one. Oh. Like, like, yeah, that, that shows. I know. <laughs> I can't not. It's one of the big things that I look forward to on Fridays now. Me too. I've been staying up till midnight every Thursday, to be honest. <laughs> That's what I've it. been doing. Yep. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. <laughs> and then I watched it again the next day to figure out what I watched the day before. But yeah, I can't uh, wait. Yeah. Um, well, that that's why I brought it up is you brought up Doctor Strange. And I'm wondering, um, I heard somewhere that Paul Bettany said uh, Doctor Strange wasn't going to make a cameo. But I can't find that anywhere on Google. So I'm still hoping Doctor Strange might make a cameo in WandaVision. We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, it kind of makes sense that he would. But I also won't be mad if he doesn't. I won't be mad if he doesn't. I just want to know. Yeah. I just want to know what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, because like it's just it's just con- just constant. Like the thing about the show is that every episode it answers questions and then it gives you more questions. Mm-hmm. Like it it does such a good job of basically like hey you know those things that happened like that like last episode or the last couple episodes well here's the answer for that this is why they are a thing oh and by the way we're gonna throw a bunch more twists at you and we're like totally it's so it it, it's great i love it i'm so happy about that (laughs) um and my last little observation at wandavision all the theme tunes are amazing yes did Um, you did you catch (laughs) did you catch the one for this latest one uh what it was parodying yeah Yes. Oh gosh. I, I just it's not going to be spoilers by the time this comes out. Oh my gosh. What am I talking about? No, this, this isn't going to come out until next until week. <laughs> Agatha all along. I've listened to it like eight times. I love it. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I love the monsters. I love I love things that are spooky but um family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um 
it doesn't mean I'm afraid of horror movies, but I like that sort of like wholesome, spooky vibe, like like the Haunted Mansion, that kind of thing. And just Agatha all along hit me right where I live. Yeah, I was so it's apparently happy. like it's it's going insane. Like on Twitter, like everybody's a bunch of like the the gays that I follow on Twitter are like talking about how now Agatha all along is overtaking uh, Bing Bang Bong from Drag Race UK that happened. <laughs> And That's ha- hilarious. Yeah, which is really funny. Uh, oh, man. Someone's got to get that drag name before someone else does. What? Agatha All Along. Agatha All Along. Oh, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, you're right. And also just, uh, no, I mean, I meant the theme song for, the actual theme for WandaVision. Oh, um, did you catch I what it was? Figure it out. No, I was. I was really like, I couldn't figure it out. I thought it was going to be Modern Family. And then what was it? I think it's The Office. Good call. Yeah. I think okay, it's I'm going to watch it again. That I didn't even pick up on that means I'm a bad Office fan. And you're a big Office fan. I'm a big Office fan. I am. Um, well, here's a fun fact about me that has nothing to do with Disney is um, I have pretty severe ADHD and I'm, I'm trying to get medication for it right now. But to get a stimulant medication for ADHD is a process. Ah. So my brain hack Uh, because my brain really likes to do multiple things at once, is I've seen The Office about 14 or 15 times all the way through, and I can play it in the background, and simultaneously my brain believes I'm multitasking, and I can tune it out because I know it Uh so well. And it allows me to get my work done, so The Office is always on in my house, which is very strange. Hopefully. (laughs) Not for long. (laughs) Well, that seems like a good, like, Coping mechanism isn't the right word, but it's it's a good brain hack. But like, I'm getting sick of the office now. As brilliant <laughs> as it is, well, I guess just I don't know. Try and find a different show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Find a different show. Um, I wanted to circle back around uh, before we finish news because mm-hmm. they're not just making over Cinderella Castle. Mm-hmm. They're making over the um, what do you call the central landmark of a Disney park? Like the icon. Like the Tree of Life, like Spaceship Earth. What do you call that? uh, I guess. Centerpiece? I guess. Well, I guess it would depend if it's in the center. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) sass pot. Oh, and the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Yes, Um, yes, yes, yes. That was the other thing. Makeovers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, and all the artist renderings are really beautiful, but they're all getting. Turned into like sparkling twilight, star starlight um, looking things, and they're yes. just here's my picture of Spaceship Earth done up all in green, yeah, yeah. Uh, green, blue, purple with sparkle stars yeah. and Tree of Life. Um, so I'm really excited about that, and I think I've never been to Walt Disney World. I've never been able to justify the expense of a trip to Florida, but for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, I after the, a pandemic, I think I can save up for that. Yeah, that's a pretty big like that's a big deal. Yeah, like the 50th I would anniversary. Really like to go. Yeah, I would love to go as well and like get mm. like special edition ears and like special a pin. Edition. Yeah. Even though I'm not a big pin collector, but yeah, but you know you nice can put have. it on a jacket, not a lanyard. Don't let anyone trade you for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, we should talk about that because I would love to drive to Disneyland and then Disney World and then drive back and podcast the whole time. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, so what other news did you have? Did you have any other news? That was it. Was that? Oh, was that the big news? <laughs> I just wanted to mention that um, every uh, park in Florida is getting a massive um, makeover, at least for its um, centerpiece. But uh-huh. obviously there'll be activities and entertainment and all sorts oh, of yes, things yes, that yes, haven't been course. announced. But I just wanted to mention everything was getting a makeover, not just the castle. Nice. 
it's going to be big. I'm very excited about it, and it would be amazing <laughs> to be able to go because I just want I I want to attend a big Disney park event. Me too. Like, we deserve it. Yes, yes, I agree. We do. Uh, okay, so I think that if that's it for the news, because I think that's all I've got. That's all I've got. <laughs> I think that's it. That's all I've got for today. Um, okay. Um, how about? No, I think that's it. Great. Okay. Well, let's talk about the real news of the day. All right, let's move on to Fantasia. Fantasia. So, uh, so hold on, I've got little noty boys. Little. You got noty boys. I've got noty boys. <laughs> hold on. Awesome. Yes, I was. Just want to tell you. Um, well, you get out your noty boys. Uh-huh. Um, Fantasia. I had a VHS of Fantasia, and I'm not sure exactly why. I watched it over and over again because I I was impatient about the beginning. I wanted to get to the Sorcerer's Apprentice, but I dutifully watched huh. the whole thing, like every day for like a really long time. Uh, which is probably the least um, earwormy, annoying Disney movie to be on repeat in a home. So I think. I guess I can. You know. Yeah, I guess you. Well. Yeah, because like there isn't really like one constant theme. It just keeps on changing. Just classical music. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> but, uh, um, I have major memories of identifying with the little dancing mushroom. Was what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love him. The little mushroom boys. Yeah. Okay. Maybe go ahead. Yes. So Fantasia, as mentioned, is the third film in the uh, great uh, golden age. Uh, this movie was uh, a project that Walt had really poured a lot of heart into because he... The, the thing about the golden age was the golden age was very much the films that Walt himself had a hand in. Like, he was, like, his hands, his feet, like, everything was, his everything was in these movies. And he had a specific reason for making these movies. For Fantasia, mm-hmm. his purpose for this movie was he wanted to bring the experience of an orchestral concert to the theater, uh, yeah. to the to the movie theater. Uh, because he's, you know, he was a fan of that. Uh, and the thing was, was that in order to do so because Walt is Walt he <laughs> he was like hey so i'm going to give you my film to put in your theater to show but here's the trick you're going to have to do like a bunch of renovations to your theater in order to give the proper experience and so he basically forced all these theaters to like redo their sound systems mm-hmm. uh it was uh what was what was it, it was um he and a small crew had invested $200,000 uh, into a new sound system called Fantasound, mm-hmm. apparently. Uh, and That the thi- sounds great. <laughs> but the thing is, is that this Fantasound is the predecessor to what we now know as the surround sound system. Mm-hmm. Because in order for you to truly appreciate uh, an orchestral concert, if you're not seeing it live, then you got to be... You, I expect the the speakers that they had at the time were not nearly capable of giving the full that full experience. No. And so you and so you had to expand on that and that was what Walt basically forced all these theaters well not all these theaters it was in select theaters it didn't travel as far as um as some of his other works did only because of the fact that not all theaters were able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And so that partly led to some of the uh 
lack of uh, funds, or not lack of funds, but like lack of income that the movie had made. Because uh, yeah. it, it didn't make all that much. Um, but he didn't want to compromise on how people would experience it. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, the the my notes say that the gar- that that the uh, film had a budget of about of over two million dollars. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, of course, as I said before, it did not pull that same amount back because of the fact that it was such a limited release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like even though you want to make a profit, I feel like the point of this movie was not quite to make a profit. Like No, I don't think no, this one I think you're right, was very much a Walt was like, I want to do this because I want to make an experience. Yeah. yeah. And it's for and it's for clout. And it's like I know this will work. And and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's this story about and I mean Walt himself told this story, so I don't know how true it is, but about a chance meeting with Leopold uh, Stokowski and um, that he was just telling him a little bit about the project and then he was like, I would like to conduct that for you. And he was one of the two yeah. most famous conductors in the country at the time. And it's like, the, Walt was just, in my opinion, building up um, the the cloud of being the most visionary person in the world so that yeah. he could do whatever he wanted and that the money would come after that, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think by now the the film has definitely recovered its uh, oh for sure its budget. I just uh, meant at that time. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> and I think and I think you're right. I think it was because like from what I recall, like the the actual thought or, and like planning of the movie started like well before uh, any of it was like announced and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's fun because the movie does very much give you that experience because like it starts off with the orchestra tuning. It starts off with all the orchestral players coming in and sitting down mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, you can skip like the first five or 10 minutes of the movie if you really want to. Well, it's uh, all beautiful. Yeah. Visually it's nice cause they're all beautifully backlit and everyone's coming in. You see all the orchestra players, like they're tuned. You, you see, you visually see, uh, all of that, and I think that's kind, of, and I think that's really cool, especially if you're someone who's never been to a, an actual like live orchestral performance. I right? agree, but as age four, at age four, <laughs> I was really waiting for it to be done so I could see some yeah, mushrooms course. and fairies. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, so we'll get to that sequence in a moment because that's from the mm-hmm. Nutcracker Suite. But so, we're, so what we're going to do is we're going to go in order, Ooh, and we're okay. going to talk about each sequence in order. Uh, well, one thing one thing I want to note uh, is the host of the film, uh, mm-hmm. the gentleman who is giving us all the introductions and everything. His name was uh, Deems Taylor. Uh, he, I think he does a really good job of kind of giving you the brief synopsis of the of the pieces ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Because I agree. yeah, because like that's that's also a pretty common practice. You know, if you're not going into a if you're not going into a concert that is. Uh, explicitly one specific piece. Generally, you know, you'll have them be like, hey, this is this piece. Uh, this is the story behind it. You know, just a quick, like, five minute, like, I don't know, 30 second blurb of the piece itself. Um, and so I think he did a really good job of that. So. Yeah, I agree. First, we have uh, the ever infamous uh, Toccata and Fugue by J.S. Bach, which, if you hear it, you'll immediately recognize it. A lot, a lot of these pieces in this film are like very, very famous pieces. Yeah. Uh, well, right? I mean, they were famous then, but they're even more famous now. And is it possibly partially because of Fantasia? 
one could one could contest that i think i think mm. uh i think the the nutcracker and um i think the other ballet or in the rite of spring i think are two famous pieces specifically because you know the nutcracker is done like every winter. oh sure and, oh sure for uh, sure yeah and the rite of spring i think is another very famous one um just as themselves but i think you're right i think this film definitely helped bring some of these movies very much more into uh, into the zeitgeist. Yeah, well, know? that's the thing. It's not everyone's going to seek out classical music um, by themselves, but mm-hmm. um, people who grew up with Fantasia will recognize these pieces and mm-hmm. even maybe then like look into it more than they would have. That, yeah. you know, I'm not I'm not saying that this movie made classical music good. I, I'm just <laughs> I I like <laughs> I, I like um, distribution models of of different kinds of culture that include everyone. Yes. So. Uh, the cool thing about this film was that the animators were given very much a lot of freedom in order mm-hmm. to to make the sequences, right? So some yeah. of the some of the some of the pieces have a very clear story, uh, like for example, uh, the Nutcracker Suite, obviously, um, uh, the one that features our friend Chernabog, uh, which is mm-hmm. what was it called? Again? A Night on Bald Mountain. Thank you, A Night on Bald Mountain. <laughs> it's because I once did a burlesque routine as Chernabog. <laughs> To um, a merengue version of Night on Bald Mountain. <laughs> that's very fun. Um, <laughs> it was very fun. And uh, the Rite of Spring. Like, so those ones mm-hmm. are... Oh, and the pastoral scene uh, by Beethoven as well are all yes. generally very... like they, they have a story behind them. There's there's mm-hmm. uh, there's an actual theme. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you have Toccata and Fugue, which doesn't. It's just music for music's sake. And mm-hmm. so I think it was really cool uh, for the animators to do what they did. Um which was just beautiful, colorful visuals just to express the emotion of what you feel like if you shut your eyes kind of thing and you and you hear the music and then you kind of you feel the music and you feel uh, the emotion behind it and everything. So I think that was I think that was very, very visually that was beautiful. And I think it was really cool. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Do you have anything mm-hmm. else to add? No, that was really okay. thorough. I just have so, I just have some facts. I'm OK. I'm, I'm here to commentate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have facts? Like, do you want to do facts after I'm done talking about the sequences? I I don't want to just keep talking for like twenty minutes. <laughs> I don't want. Like, I want to give I you time mind. to. I, I, want I don't to give mind. You time I just to, I didn't like, know we were going all the way through in order, so my notes are not in order. I just have oh. lots of random ones, so <laughs> I oh, have okay. lots of things to say. But um, I think you have to take the lead on this one. Okay. Well, if you have any like random tidbits about, so you have like random facts about the sequences themselves. Yeah, just random facts oh, gotcha, more about gotcha. the making of the of the movie, um, like like I said about the little meeting between um, Walt and uh, ah, gotcha, Mr. Gotcha. S- <laughs> Mr. Stakowski, and um, so on and so forth. Um, this is the first appearance of Mickey Mouse in a Disney animated feature film. Things like that. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that one too because that yeah. one is very fun. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, so then uh, I'll okay, so I'll talk about the Nutcracker Suite and then. Cool. Uh, I mean, I I have one fact I could add. Sure. Is um. It has never really been confirmed exactly why uh, the pieces are in the order they're in. And uh, it's an interesting thing. There's different kinds of analysis of that online, but it's all inconclusive. And um, I don't know, to me, as a a child at least, and as an adult, the the order kind of makes sense to me, but I couldn't Mm. exactly tell you why. And I think that's a really interesting thing about 
um, the movie, other than the, that it starts out being very uh, abstract and goes, I mm-hmm. think, to being more uh, realistic and um, clear by the time The Sorcerer's Apprentice starts. But um, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Sorry, you froze there for a second. Oh, no. Uh, well, it's all on the microphone, but it's it's just um, that's my little tidbit is just like why no mm. one knows why the things are in the exact order that they're in. And um, I really think it, it does make sense to my brain as it's happening, but it's hard to quantify why. Yeah, you know, that's a very good point. I never really thought about that because, of course, like mm. I've done, you know, I've done uh, choral concerts of, uh, and I know for a fact that like my director would always like sit down and really think about this sequence of pieces and like why you do them in that specific order. And like, even Mm -hmm. like, you know, and that kind of thing uh, travels over even when you're in like a band, like you have your list of songs that you do and you're like, okay, what songs are going in which order? And generally from my experience, you pick the songs in these, in the order in order to create a sort of emotional story so like maybe you'll start big like because of course Takata and Fugue is a big start right you yeah have, it's <laughs> you know it's right it's, it's very like impactful it's big yeah. uh, and so it makes sense to be the starting piece and then mm-hmm. at the very end when we finish with Ave Maria it makes sense for that to be the closer because it brings you down especially after the big high tense emotion of uh night on bolt mountain it's the only music sequence with vocals as well like Uh uh-huh yeah like so yeah you're right like it like brings you back to the human world like yeah um honestly a whole podcast kind of analyzing why in far in the future when we've done all the movies analyzing why we Hmm. think the things are in that order would be really interesting to me because i had never considered it either yeah, yeah, it's a very, very good question, and maybe I'll, maybe we'll get like, I don't know, someone who's much more, much better versed in, in uh, the style of music. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk yeah. to my music history professor. That'll be fun. That would uh, be awesome. So next up, we have, of course, the ever infamous Nutcracker Suite by our friend uh, Piotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the fun thing about this was that uh, because it's the because it's the suite, you know, there that generally means that there's a bunch of different themes within the same piece of music, yeah. right? And so mm-hmm. it just kind of transports through, and so that's why we see we, even though we have the whole uh, the sequence as a whole, there are still tiny segments within it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and so like you've got uh, starting off, we have. I think the first piece is the Waltz of the Sugar Plum Fairies, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, all of these all of these uh, sequences within this sequence are famous. Like you know, the, once you hear them, you're like, oh, I know, I know that music. Oh, yes. I know that piece, it's, right? It's the little flowers. It's the mushrooms. It's, yeah. Yeah, but not even just visually. Just oh, but just, like also within the ballet. Yes, of course. Yeah, right. And so yeah, so you have the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. Uh, which the animators decided to go with literal fairies for that, which I yeah. think makes a lot of sense. I love uh, it. Yeah. And then, of course, you have uh, – now, we have the Chinese dance, which is yes. generally what it's called. Uh, so I wanted to – just called the Chinese dance? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's just what it's called. Yeah. So now I, I have – I'm curious to know how you feel about this. So the animators, uh, I believe – if my memory is correct, they actually like with a lot of these sequences, with a lot of the sequences in this movie, the animators brought actual dancers. 
mm-hmm. to come in and animate them, which I think is nice. Now, yeah. how do you feel visually about the depiction of the mushrooms within the Chinese dance? Uh, racially or the dance they're doing? Racially. Uh, I think it's about as innocent as you're going to get in 1940. Yeah, that's a fair point. Because, I mean, like, visually, it's not like, I mean, I, mean, I don't know why they decided to choose mushrooms. Like, I don't really know why. <laughs> I don't but, know. But I think, like, it, it. I think this one's tough because... If you're going to portray a piece called the Chinese dance, and especially if the dance itself is based on Chinese dances, mm-hmm. I think it's better that they animate that, that they animate what it looks like, uh, what the actual Chinese dance looks like. I think that's mm-hmm. good. And then you have the fact that the that the, that the mushrooms are visually also Chinese coded, or at least uh, Asian coded. Right. Yes. With uh, um, yeah. with the eyes and with the way that they hold their hands, mm-hmm. uh, I think the way they hold their hands is actually part of the dance as well. Uh, yes, it and is. So, and so, mm-hmm. and so, I think this comes into a question of: is this a is this specific sequence? Is it an issue racially? I. And I think this on, one's a little tough. I mean, again, I'm a white lady. It's just my perspective on it. I think. Um, Over the history of all animation, I have seen animators have trouble with um, illustrating a monolid. And I think that is is the main problem is is that it it, you you're trying to illustrate what a monolid looks like and it ends up just being very uh, just not not quite hitting it. But also, I mean, they're mushrooms. Yeah. well, I mean, like the the mushrooms, the mushroom thing. I think was just as was just a stylistic choice, perhaps. Oh but, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm but, I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying, like I think overall, as depictions go, it's it's there's worse movies like Lady and the Tramp to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've I've never heard of a an an Asian person um, or a Chinese person specifically saying anything about the mushrooms in the Chinese dance sequence, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's not a thing to worry about. It's yeah. just I, it's hard for me to be like, oh, well, this isn't okay or is okay because I just don't know what it's like. But yeah, um, that's a fair point. Yeah, I think, I, I think yeah. generally people think they have bigger fishes to fry mm-hmm. when it comes to inclusion than the Chinese dance sequence in Fantasia, and I think that's probably just. There's bigger fish to fry. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think it was just, I think I'm just uh, looking at it and just wondering, uh, just from, you know, I guess like from our current nowadays viewpoint, just how people would take it. I think that's just kind of what I'm interested in. It's weird. I think there's a lot in the Nutcracker that is uh, (laughs) itself, like, you know, in the way that the Nutcracker is presented with a different. cultures dancing and stuff that can very mm-hmm. easily slide into being offensive i think it just depends on how inclusive the person doing the ballet is at that time but when it comes to uh again i i think it the only offensive thing that i can even think of in in the number is the illustration of the little monoliths on the mushrooms but i again like I'm thinking about the the dolls in It's a Small World and how they also have that that kind of um, simplified drawing of and I I wonder I just I wonder what the opinion is of people who who do have um, 
uh, monolid eyes, which are beautiful, of, of what their opinion is of how white illustrators and animators draw them. That's a yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, because mm, I I just don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Very good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, shortly after that one, we had there's the uh, I believe it's the Arab dance. No, yeah. sorry. It's the dance of the flutes. Uh, mm-hmm. The dance of the flutes was interesting because, like, in, in this sequence, you, they use flowers. Yeah. Um, which visually is beautiful. And it's cool because, again, this is another instance in which animators copied or mimicked uh, real dancers because the dancers themselves had big flowy dresses. Yes. And so when they danced, they would, like, see how the flows worked. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah. And um, I was just looking at this and I scrolled away and now I can't find it. But one of the. Um, models for the flowers wearing the big skirts was um snow white oh well there you go still getting work (laughs) even (laughs) though she was even though oh one thing we never uh one thing we never mentioned in the snow white episode is the fact that the actress who played snow white never was never credited yeah and had an exclusive contract which kind of sucks yeah um (laughs) so because they wanted her voice to be snow white and that's it so Mm -hmm. but she didn't get residuals it was a pretty bad deal yeah yeah she super got shafted uh after the dance of the flutes is the arab dance now here's another here's another uh i guess another potential question however in the sequence they're using the visuals of goldfish yeah which again i guess is a stylistic choice i'm not too sure why they decided to go with that but maybe to be safe like you know hopefully they were thinking we don't want to be offensive. Maybe Let, let's let's put a pin in that. Let's hope that that's what that was. Um, <laughs> I can hope. Yes, but it, it's interesting because they again they brought real Arab dancers mm-hmm. in to do the dance, and, and they, they had the the beautiful veils. And yeah, the fish fins. Yes, and so that's and so they were using that and mimicking that into the goldfish, like to to see how it responded. So yeah. I think, yeah, so I think that's them, it's them at least trying and it's them doing their due diligence so that what you see is at the very least as close to accurate as possible. Yes. Which I think, I, I think which I think nice. is at least nice, you know, which I think yes. is at least something. Yeah. Uh, and then. I think, I think I don't, I, hmm, I think it's a nice thing to get inspiration from veils and turn it into fish fins. I think. I think that's I think that's positive even now. I yeah, well, I mean, like it's I mean, I don't see it as negative. Like it's not yeah. like it's not like fish are inherently a bad thing. Fish are great. <laughs> yeah, and I think like uh, in terms of in terms of visually, like I think goldfish uh, can be quite pretty because of, because of the the of the sheen of their scales and how oh, nice yeah. and and especially the way that they animated them. They animated them very nice because their fins were very. Uh, Translucent, translucent, and, and flowy, and yeah, visually, yeah. It's, it's really, really nice. It's like Cleo 2.0. Yeah, exactly. Just it's, like, just like, it's just like a bunch of Cleos. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think it's really beautiful and and nice. And uh, always, I'm I'm I want people to write or comment on our Instagram if they want to point out or teach us something. Because um, yeah, I'm always open to learn. Oh yeah, of I course. Learn more about um, where inclusion has failed, so that in my life I can be better about it yeah of course yeah. uh next of course is the russian dance which is the best just iconic uh, he's a thistle right i think so thistle? yeah it looks he's like he's having a, a great time yeah just again just amazing dancing and amazing like it, they do they do such a good job visually mm-hmm. of how they made that work 
Oh yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, and then afterward, and then and then the final uh, segment of this suite is the dance of the do dance of the dewdrop fairy. It's a lot of D's in there. Uh, <laughs> now this one, this one I think was probably the most ambitious one out of the lot because this one was visually it's stunning, and it depicts the changing of seasons from fall into winter. And then you're watching as like the fairies come in and change the seasons. They put in the frost, they create the snow, they create the the ice, they create the snowflakes. And so visually it's just so, it's so uh, dynamic and pretty. Yeah. Oh, I love any animation where fairies are changing the season. I'm a sucker for it. Same with Thumbelina. It's not a Disney movie, but like I'm super into it because the fairies change the seasons. Which and is it's the course, same with this one, like mm-hmm. yeah, which is of course a big like aspect of that fairy lore, right? Which is yeah, you know. but that that it just I watched this over and over and over and over and over and over and over as a kid because I love that concept so much. Yeah, very very nice. Yeah. Uh, and now coming into segment number three of Fantasia, which is probably the one that got that is now the most famous, is the Sorcerer's ah. Apprentice. Yeah, this is the part I was waiting for always yes, as a kid. Yes, 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 yes. Because I got to hear Mickey talk too, which was a big deal. Yes, because he talks at the end of it and he like says like I can't remember what he says. He says like thank you to the to the conductor, I think. To the conductor, yeah. He yeah. comes up. I forget exactly what he says too, but that's what I was referencing. He goes, "Mr. Stakowski, mm-hmm. Mr. Stakowski." And then they have a little talk and it's really cute. It's very cute, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe that's still Walt doing the voice cuz Walt did yes. the voice until like pretty much I think until he died. Yeah, like and he, he was, was he was the best one. Like I, I really liked. I can't remember the actor's name who took over, but I loved Walt's Mickey. Yeah, Walt's Mickey's great. Just like I love Jim Henson's Kermit. It doesn't mean the other ones aren't good. It just means like that's the one with the soul in it, like mm-hmm. the real soul. Yeah, I could talk about that for a while. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, that was my other big piece news. Oh, what? The Muppet Show is on. Oh, I know. I watched like four episodes last night. Oh, <laughs> I haven't watched any yet. I'm gonna watch them today while I have my while I have lunch. Oh, so I need, I need to. I need to jump on that because, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, no, we're well, not talking about The Muppet Show. The Muppet Show is beautiful. We love it. It's 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 gorgeous, wholesome content. I Watch it. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. So, The Sorcerer's Apprentice is uh, another one of those pieces in which it has an actual story, right? Like, there, there's... Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, this was a case in which the story came first. So, the story was first... And then the composer decided to create uh, Ducas, Dukas, I think his name was, uh, decided to create the piece based on it. Um, Do you know what? I did not know that. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and so uh, and so this was the segment. Now apparently, this specific segment uh, predates planning of Fantasia itself because uh, Walt had spoken to Stakowski and was like, "I want to do this." I think that was like in. Uh, saying what you were saying in which Walt had to sit down with Stokowski and was talking about his plans for Fantasia. I mm-hmm. think the uh, the catalyst of that was discussing this specific segment. Yes. Uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. So, yeah. So now we have Mickey. Now, this is also the first time we see Mickey with pupils. Yeah. Yes. I was just reading about that myself. Yes. Um, yeah. They, by the time Fantasia was released, there had been some other shorts released with Mickey's new look, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the the starting point for his classic new modern Mickey design. Mm-hmm, Tell us mm-hmm. about it. Uh, it was done because they wanted to make him more expressive. Yeah. They just wanted to make Mickey have more expression because, of course, in this, he can't talk. 
right? And so yeah. everything is done through emotion, is done through uh, expression. And I think it's amazing what they were able to do because it's it comes across. Like mm-hmm. his panic when the brooms are going out of control, his panic when the, the, the place that he's in is flooding, like all of his emotion is, is there. You can see it. It's great. Uh, yeah, now, I think it's wonderful too. Yeah. And now, of course, we have the introduction of the sorcerer himself. Uh, and what's his name? Adam? His Are name. You know? His name is yes. His name is Yen Sid, which was <laughs> first actually introduced in the Kingdom Hearts games. So the cool thing is, is that the sorcerer himself, I guess, they, uh, has just within the like the last, like, I think, twenty some odd year or twenty thirty years, um, has kind of slowly been coming becoming more and more of a prominent character because like there's there's a show uh, there's a show at Disney in one of the parks, I can't remember which one, um, that has Mickey, uh, I think it's like Mickey and the and the Magic Map or something. It's about a map, basically. Yes, uh, they, they were, um, sorry, you froze a little bit, so I think I know what you're talking about. The show at the parks, Mickey and the Magical Map? Yes. They've, they've closed it, though, haven't they? I think they have, yeah, but I remember that uh, the Sorcerer was in that sequence. And so oh. it's inter- yeah, and so it's interesting to see how much more prominent the this Sorcerer character has kind of becoming. And then in the game Kingdom Hearts, uh, when you go and meet him, that's when they give you his name. And oh. yeah, and the, and uh, the name Yen Sid is actually just Disney backwards. And so I think it was like, I think it was them just trying to be kind of clever with it. Um, yeah, I like it though. But yeah, and of course you can go and purchase uh, the Sorcerer hat and everything. I have one. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and I think I think the big thing about this sequence is that this character of uh, Sorcerer Mickey uh, has just kind of stuck with uh, the Disney lore because you know he's in the parks. He's part of the phantasmic yeah. well, show. Well, he creates magic. Yeah, right? he's like, part of the show. Yeah, and I mean the the design is just so cute and perfect. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. It's great. It's it's a wonderful sequence. The music is great. Uh, it is the intro and outro of our show yeah. <laughs> because I needed to find music that was open source so I didn't get flagged yeah. and I figured you know what why not because the Sorcerer's Apprentice is such an iconic piece exactly uh, yeah and I love it it's great <laughs> you're right there's nothing really else to say about it it's scary it's it's suspenseful nail biting it it's it yeah it's tense it's incredible storytelling I love good dialogue free storytelling yeah it's just my jam yeah because that's the other thing it's dialogue free and yet you get so much of the story and so much of the emotion. Mm-hmm. It's fucking oh, great. exactly. I, it. I it's a real nail biter as a child. Like mm-hmm, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how many times you've seen it. It's really, really stressful to watch a character being so struggling so much, and yeah. then when it's it's a huge relief when he's okay at the end. Yeah, and nope. the sorcerer comes in and is just like just kind of scolds him. Is like get just back to like, work. Jesus. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, I agree. And then the next piece is. Uh, Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring. Now, this one I think was really, really cool because the this is another one where there's like kind of an actual story. It's meant to be, I think it's meant to depict uh, like uh, change and um, not changing of the seasons uh, because there's an there is there is a a piece of music that is specifically about the change of seasons. Um, 
but the animators decided to go with science on this one, yeah. which I think is just be, me being, you know, a sciencey nerd. Uh, I love because I, I I don't know what I would have expected, but I think maybe because growing up at that time, uh, I know like Walt was fairly he wasn't like religious, but he was you know being being a, a white man in the early twentieth century, growing up you know mostly in the South and Chicago, you know his family was I probably loosely Christian, mm-hmm. and so deciding to basically depict the birth of earth from a scientific viewpoint i think was a very very cool thing for them to do mm-hmm. yeah i agree i yeah. agree it's like you have like it goes through like the whole thing it goes through you know you it starts off with this just in the darkness of space it zooms in on on our galaxy the milky way and then you find mm-hmm. earth and then you find earth in its primordial form being nothing but just volcanoes and molten rock. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's so it, dramatic. It's so dramatic. And then it goes into, you know, and then just goes from there, you know, the 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 birth of the first life and then into the dinosaurs, you know? Yeah. As again as a kid, like I I cannot overstate how obsessed I was with Fantasia as a kid. As a kid, I liked like two minutes of this sequence. It really upset me. Um, but I watched the whole thing because I love dinosaurs so much every time. <laughs> yeah. And I really, I didn't traumatize myself or anything, but I gave myself kind of a tough time because I knew it was coming and I was just like, maybe this time the Stegosaurus will be okay. No, a Stegosaurus is not okay. Because yeah. the other thing is that this this segment is also very dark. You know, very dark. Because like you have, you just have dinosaurs eating other dinosaurs and like, yeah, yeah. you're right. Like with the segment with the T-Rex, like just straight up killing a stegosaurus yeah it is intense it's intense yeah (laughs) and again like i think it's cool they're giving kids um uh credit for being able to deal with it yeah because like like it's not like you can't know that like obviously the dinosaurs ate other dinosaurs like that's just how that was and then to show and then to show at the end of that segment like all the dinosaurs dying from starvation and you know dehydration because you know change in what the planet was going through you know and just and then the wide extinction of the dinosaurs like it was it's it was it was very very cool yeah i think it's really interesting to look at it now um because we know different things about dinosaurs now but like how they were really trying to be kind of like accurate and stuff but you know Mm -hmm. we know now that a t-rex didn't drag his tail behind him no and we also know that the majority of dinosaurs were feathered Exactly, but I still think it's really cool. Oh, I agree. I fully agree. I think it's really, really cool. And if you, it's a great, I, what it is, I think is it's, it's a great snapshot of where science was at the time. Mm-hmm. I in agree terms with you. of in terms of what they knew and what they thought they knew about primordial Earth and about dinosaurs. And I just, and I just yeah. like that because then it's not it's not that it's a bad thing that they were wrong. It's just that's just what the information was at the time. Yeah, right. well, exactly. I don't. I I agree with you one hundred percent. I do have one little fact about Rite of Spring. Yes, give it to um, me. Well, you you've been to Disneyland before. Yes, and there's no Fantasia ride at Disneyland, right? Correct. Wrong. 
wrong. Wrong, Anwar. There is a Fantasia ride, kind of. Um, <laughs> so uh, I really enjoy the Disneyland Railroad. I think it, it makes me oh, feel... Oh, yes. Yeah. It makes uh. me feel a connection with Walt because he loved trains. And, that you know, if you're going with an unsuspecting person, you'll be like, let's get on the railroad at the Tomorrowland station. And then you go to the Grand Canyon. And then where do you go? Then you go into Primordial Earth. Yes, which is directly based on uh, the Rite of Spring segment in Yes, Fantasia. yes, yes. That is correct. Wow, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I um, only know because I was watching Disneyland Railroad videos last night while I was working and looked it up. <laughs> Amazing. And actually, that that segment that in on the on the Disneyland Railroad with uh, with that that was one of the uh, that was one of the segments that they took to. Um, the World Expo, wasn't it? Yeah, the World's Fair. Yeah, the World's Fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. That, oh, God, that's so cool. The World's Fair just pumped out such awesome stuff for Disneyland. I know. I wish like, they would do more World's Fairs. Do they? No, I don't think there has been a World's Fair for a while. Well, when I become a billionaire, I'll do a World's Fair. <laughs> I'd like to go World's to one. Fair. Yeah, I'll just yeah. Expo 86, part two. It'll be great. Why not? Um, <laughs> and then we have something... Very interesting and very new for that time. There's an intermission. Yeah. Yeah. Because, of course, the film itself was over two hours. And in that time, movies were not that long. Yep. Well, and if they even were, now. <laughs> well, well, because like, now, like, to have a movie be under two, uh, under two hours is actually very strange. Well, I mean, an animated feature, though. I mean, Fantasia is still the longest animated feature ever produced by the Disney company. Mm, well, there you go. Mm. Um, but I think it was very interesting for them to just kind of commit to that because, of course, you know, uh, uh, orchestral concerts do go for about two hours. And so for them yeah. to commit even to that, I think, was very, very cool and a very interesting idea for them. Uh, but, yeah, so there's the intermission. You see the orchestra come out. It has the break. You see the orchestra come back in. I love that. Yeah. And the... Uh, and fun, just a super fun thing about it is like, there's there's that like little bit in the in it where, uh, as, uh, the host is kind of reintroducing everything, like there's that weird little segment where like the percussion <gasps> people like, drop the drop the pipes or uh, yeah yeah yeah. Now Do they have the soundtrack. This is before that. Oh, the before the soundtrack. I, yeah, okay, I'm gonna get sorry. to the soundtrack in a second. Um, I'm sorry. But I'm excited. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, and so like they have the, um, they have like these, like he's talking, he's talking. All you, all of a sudden, you hear like a big clatter, and like the camera cuts to the percussion guys like putting together the pipes that have fallen over apparently, or somebody oh, bumped right. into them. Now mm-hmm. I don't, I do not know if that was planned or not. I don't either. Because I like the way that, anything about it. Because like the way he plays it makes it seem as if it's like not, but then the way that it's edited makes me makes me feel like perhaps it is planned. Ooh. Like maybe they were like, well, let's have a like a fun little joke in here or something. Like as That's interesting. Yeah, I have to watch it again. Yeah, because like I don't know, it's it's, but I I think it's a very cute little moment because he he seems the host seems so taken aback by it. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back into it. And then we have the soundtrack moment, which is probably one of my favorite segments in, in the whole movie altogether. Honestly, I should have thought, like, when Pete, when you asked me what my favorite Disney character is, I was a liar. It is definitely the soundtrack. <laughs> it's so cute because it's like uh, what I really loved about it was that it was like, let's because let, they didn't need to do it. They could just stick to no. they could they, they could just stick to doing this, the music with the orchestra. But they decided to 
fully demonstrate how sound waves work and like mm-hmm. how they look visually and how they differ. And I think that was such a cool thing for them to do. I agree. I think and it was he's so, so lovable. smart. He yeah. is. He's a cute little guy. Yeah, but it also, like, as a child, gave me perspective, a little bit of perspective. Like, so when I got to the point where I was learning about actual sound waves, I, I kind of got it a little more, I think. I I really like when education is kind of hidden in a larger uh, idea. Mm-hmm. I just, the soundtrack sequence, uh, A+. plus. If I had to pick one, that one. It's It's so very fun. It's so very fun. Okay, now we come to the the sequence that probably has the most problematic uh, portion in it but has centaurs the centaurs <laughs> we come to the pastoral scene so the pastor oh. the the this is beethoven's uh sixth symphony known as the pastoral uh mm-hmm. this is another one where when beethoven composed it he had an actual idea his concept uh was just um what was around him at the time so uh was he was composing to depict the area that where he lived his intention was not to do this kind of uh like this grecian thing that that the animators did so the animators decided to go greek yeah i have a little bit of a nitpick with this go so when the host is introducing this segment, he's talking, he's introducing the sequence. He's like, we're going to see, you know, fawns and unicorns and centaurs and pegasi and blah, blah, blah. And it's all great and pretty and lovely. And then he he's mentioning the gods that are introduced in this segment because we get some of the Grecian gods in here. Yes. <laughs> and Dionysus. So, <laughs> fucking Dionysus. And so, but the thing is, is that what he says is he's like, and then we have Bacchus come in and then you see Vulcan for uh forging the uh the lightning bolts and then Zeus casting the lightning bolts and the Greek pantheon is one of my is probably my favorite of the pagan pantheons me too so when did I tell you that we're writing an immersive show about Greek gods right now no but no but I need to talk to you about that because I want we should chat about it later okay yeah sorry (laughs) sorry go ahead uh and then he's and then he keeps talking about the other gods that are that are seen. He mentions, of course, Apollo. He mentions Iris. Uh, Iris is the goddess of the uh, goddess of the rainbow. And then he mentions um, Diana as she shoots her arrow to cast the stars. And Morpheus brings in the night. And I'm like, why are you why are you using Roman names? Because <laughs> because Bacchus, Vulcan, uh, and Diana are all the Roman names of That's these gods true, right eh? because bacchus bacchus is the roman name for dionysus vulcan mm-hmm. is the roman name for hephaestus and diana is the roman name for artemis and so it bothered me because it's like here we have this piece that's depicting a greek visual right you yeah. have oh it greek, really is it's it's entirely greek it's a greek it's a greek visual mm-hmm. and for him to use roman names for the, the for these gods they're the same god but like the roman pantheon I, yeah. and the greek pantheon are almost are entirely Jupiter, identical yeah, almost yeah. entirely identical mm-hmm. but for him to do that really bothered bu- it really bugged me because i was like this is a weird inconsistency and i don't like it you know what i bet though <laughs> i bet there's no reason for it it's just a little bit of 1940 laziness I, th- I think so. I like yeah you're right like it, it, it's just a nitpick but for me I was kind of like you should have just stayed consistent yeah you I think just... for them it's just they didn't think it mattered I guess and and the other thing that kind of bugged me was that the, he said that Morpheus brings the night but Morpheus isn't the god of the night Nyx is the god is the goddess of the night she brings the night and Morpheus is the god of dreams 
and I was and I was like, oh, okay, well, you're wrong on that too. So yeah, that's I mean, weird, that's eh? Fine. It's like <laughs> it's, you never know what causes people to do things just a little bit wrong. But like, would it have been the budget's so high? You could have done it just a little <laughs> bit more right. But the thing was, was that he it, it didn't really change anything. Like it didn't no. change. Like he again, he was right. Like Bacchus, yes, technically is still Dionysus. They're the same god just a yeah. different name and so it was one it was definitely one of those things where i was like this is just me being nitpicky and this is me just being like no just being a nerd and being like um actually <laughs> it's very much that um but now the actual sequence itself is very fun mm-hmm. i love it i think it's beautiful i think it's very cute uh and then of course there was a big edit in this sequence yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna get to it uh do you want to talk about it? Sure. Okay. You talk about it because I've been talking. <laughs> okay. I'm a white lady. Here is what happened. Um, all right. So Fantasia has this beautiful sequence of centaurs, um, lady centaurs, giving themselves makeovers uh, to go um, talk to the centaurs, uh, the centaurs that are men. And that's that's the story. Oh, other um, thing. Sorry. When, Sorry to cut you off. But like the other thing that oh, really bugged me was that he called the lady centaur centaurettes. Yeah, that's silly. And I and I'm like, that's a dumb name. Just call them centaurs. They're all centaurs. It's the same thing. It's a gender neutral yeah. term. It's fine. I agree with you. Um, Continue. But anyway, you know, they they all pair up with. Um, I don't. Do they all pair up with uh, centaurs the same colors? The same color scheme. Yeah, okay. it's all the same color scheme. So, and it's supposed to be like pink with pink, blue with blue, green with green. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, then they're in the edited version with Dionysus. You can see some zebra centaurs with that are clearly African inspired. Yes, and they, they're definitely Afro coded. They're yeah, they're they're black. They have mm-hmm. zebra bodies. Um, they have they actually look similar to the white coated uh, centaurettes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think and they remain in the movie and they're very pretty. But they're kind of ruined, if you know the history. There's one other centaur. They've cut her out. Her name mm-hmm. is Sunflower. Um, she had sort of wild um, kind of oh, <laughs> bad hair that was done in, like, like spiky twists kind of thing. She had big red lips, and she was giving the other centaurettes um, pedicures mm-hmm. by filing their hoofs. Yeah. And... Um, it's just it's extremely offensive. Yeah, it was very very real problem. bad. It was very yeah. It's probably like the biggest black mark on this on this movie, and probably one of the biggest black marks in in terms of the history. Just because like you're yeah. right, like it, it was like I've seen I've only ever seen like short clips and like pictures of it because they edit they cut it out. Uh, I don't remember when exactly they did. Uh, I can tell you. Um, there's, they've, the, there's this part where the centaurettes are really like zoomed in. Oh no, sorry. I meant like. you can't really tell what they're doing. No, sorry. I meant like when, like, uh, in what year did they, did they do the edit? Oh. That's what I mean. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that's the part that she's in. (laughs) Yeah. When they're all, when they're all getting ready in like the, in like the bath and everything. Yeah. And like you, there's this one part where they zoom in really hard on these two centaurettes faces and it's because they've zoomed in to avoid you seeing what's happening to their feet. Mm. Ugh, that's a problem. Yeah. Uh yeah. And actually I uh I did think about the uh the zebra centaurs. Now part of me thinks that would make sense because zebras are are native to Africa. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you're having I mean but but also it begs the question, why even include them? Yeah. Like I don't what was the purpose? I, why? 
Yeah, and I it wish we could ask, and I think we're never going to get an answer now. But, like, man, if you had had, and again, I don't know, I'm a white lady, but it's like, even in 1940, it's like, why couldn't you just had one of those zebra centaurettes being hanging out with the other ones? Why did you even have to include a, 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 a and I mean, I don't, I, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did the one servant one have to be uh, servile, dumb, and stereotypically black? She doesn't look like any real black woman at all. No. Um, the other ones that are serving Dionysus have more pretty neutral faces, but the damage is done. Like, it's just so sad. Yeah. And, like, as a kid, I loved seeing the centaurettes getting ready, and now every time I watch it, it's like, eh. Yeah. But again, but that still begs the question is why include the zebra centaurs in the first place when you're supposed to be in greece yeah zebras aren't know. in greece i don't know right i mean greece was a diverse place uh, as far as i'm aware but like couldn't I, I i don't know i don't know if trying to be inclusive and failing that hard is is yeah, I don't know. that was definitely that was definitely a big like yeah that was a big like mirror yeah kind of moment it's it's too bad i mean if you want to yeah. see the design of the um sort of more neutral black centaurettes. Uh, I think they are pretty and they, they do um, yeah, accompany Dionysus Bacchus when he comes, when he shows up. Yeah, because like visually they do, you're right, they look nice. Yeah. Right, because they look normal. Yeah, if yeah. only they hadn't kind of ruined it, but yeah. fuck. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you have, of course, the rest of the sequence, which is uh, very nice. All the centaurs get together. It's all very cute. It's romantic. You have like... Uh, the all little, the naked babies, all the naked babies, out. and everything, which is hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I was watching it, and then there was a moment where there's a moment where like these two blue centaurs, uh, come together, and then like one of the little uh, cherubs. I'm trying to remember what the actual name, what the term for them is, like in Greek mythology. I can't remember. Oh, um, uh, I don't know. They're just little we, naked baby cupids. Yeah. Um, but like the one of them comes in and like closes like a series of like vines and flowers or whatever, like a curtain. Oh yeah it's so nice it's pretty and then like the baby just like kind of like closes it and it's still like right there in the middle of the in the middle of the frame but then like bends over and his little butt and it highlights his butt and legs as a heart and i just laughed i was like oh it's a little little chair butt it was just very funny (laughs) that 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 made me laugh and then and then you have dionysus come in with a party because he's fucking drunk as he's drunk off his gourd because he's dionysus and then everybody yeah, and everybody has the party, everybody celebrates, and oh, then... Can I just say, the grapes in this scene look so delicious that all grapes ever since have been ruined for me. <laughs> they do look delicious, actually, oh, yeah. So good, the pink grapes, oh. Mm. All right, go ahead. <laughs> and then and then the storm comes in, and then Zeus is throwing bolts. Now, this is probably my least favorite depiction of Zeus in animation ever. Oh, he, yeah? He just he... looks so weird. His, his, it's his beard. His beard is weird. It's, like, weirdly boxy, and I don't like it. But then Hephaestus looks great. Hephaestus can 100% get it. Although yeah. he doesn't have, he only, he has both his legs. And, but I believe in, in there, there is a myth in which Hephaestus like loses one of his legs, I believe. I'm not th- actually sure. I think, I think so. If, if, if I'm, if I'm right, he's like, he has like a peg leg kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But anyway, he, he doesn't in this, but that's fine. It could be before you know- that myth happened. Uh, Zeus in Fantasia is wearing the same outfit as Zeus in Hercules. I just looked it up. Yeah, but the Zeus in Hercules is hotter. Oh, I know. I'm just saying they're wearing the same outfit. <laughs> it's a toga. No, it's hotter. <laughs> it, well, yeah, but it's a one-shoulder toga exposing mm-hmm. exactly the same amount of pectoral muscle and tummy. Uh, fair enough. It's fair the enough. same outfit. Yeah. It's just a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, after that, Zeus then gets bored. I love, I love when he's like, he's like 
nestling into like a cloud to like have a nap. I want to sleep in that cloud. But the funny, the thing, I, the thing I thought was so funny was that he's like, he's like, oh, there's a random lightning bolt. I'm just gonna knock that off. And he's just like, yeah. he's just like, he's like basically like brushing off lightning bolts off his cloud, mm-hmm. and just like tossing lightning bolts to Earth. And it's just very funny to me. I, I would be too. I think yeah. it's hilarious. And then, Mom, uh, and then I'm looking at all these centaurs right now. They're all so pretty. They are visually, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then you have my boy Apollo taking the sun, uh, taking the sun to the sunset, uh, uh, and then uh, they say Morpheus. I say it's Nyx. I'm gonna say it's Nyx. You can bringing say it's Nyx. Bringing the blanket of night, and then there's mm-hmm. you know just visually the way that they depict the gods in this in this I really really enjoyed. Like, I like I, it too. Iris was beautiful. the way they interact with the environment. Yeah, but like and like Iris bringing in the rainbow. Uh, oh yeah, and like how like she had like that cloak that like did yeah the, the rainbow, rainbow cloak. It was beautiful. I'm looking at it right now. I want to look like that. Like that. That's my final form. It's 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 really visually it's beautiful. And <laughs> Artemis was really cool. Like how they had She's... the crescent moon be her, be her bow. I thought that was badass. yeah, yeah. I think it's fantastic and really creative. I I love it. But yeah, I think oh. I think the pastoral scene as it is now, I think is really really nice. I think it is too. Yeah. I. As always, I just wish that it could have been a little more chill from the beginning. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. You know? No, you're right. Absolutely. So that's the pastoral scene. Pastoral scene. It's very, very fun. <laughs> now we have uh, another super fun sequence, which is the Dance of the Hours. Yeah. The Dance of the Hours. Now, this is another one where they definitely, like, this This sequence has, has become iconic because there are, like, these characters are very much those where... They may not be a hundred percent within like the Disney uh, like canon in terms of like visually, but like if you see a cut or if you see like a a clip of it or if you see even image, you immediately recognize them. Oh, you yeah. immediately recognize the alligator and the hippo, and it's like and the ostrich and the ostrich. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, also the at least the hippos and ostriches had uh, cameos in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's true. They did. You are a hundred percent correct. Uh, yeah, and so the, the this was another uh, uh, example of them uh, of the animators doing their research. They brought in actual ballet dancers. They brought in uh, uh, actors and everyone to to mimic them. They yeah. went to the they went to the Griffith, Griffiths Park Zoo to see mm-hmm. how these animals moved, which I think was really really cool. I agree. Yeah, I think it's lovely. Um, do you know the names of the characters? Because I found out. I forgot, but yes, they do have names. I think the alligator's yeah. name is like. Ali Bin Gator. He's Ben, ben Ali Gator. Yeah, that's it. That's a Ben flip. And yeah. then um, the ostrich is Mademoiselle um, Upanova. Mm-hmm. Get it? Upanova. Yeah. She goes oh, up and Ova. And then um, oh the God, hippo is named Hyacinth. <laughs> oh, these puns. <laughs> it's the best. But yeah, the hippo is just Hyacinth the hippo. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Uh, cool thing i wanted to point out about i mean like i think it's i think it's nice uh what they did with this was with the hippo uh they mimicked her after a couple dancers but then they also mimicked her after an actual actress so the actual actress that they uh that they that inspired them uh her name was hattie noel oh and uh, she was a big girl she was she weighed over 200 pounds and the animators wanted to study how her body moved in uh, in terms of uh, with the dancing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think it's I think it's like I I wanted to get I wanted to try and get your opinion on that uh, about them bringing in like an actual bigger girl to animate the hippo and to get the way to get the movement of the body correct kind of thing. Well, this I can speak to. It's like, um, so like I'm a fat person and that's okay. I, I really, I exercise and I try, but I fail. Anyway, so. Exercise doesn't need to be just for fat loss, babe. No, I, I, I know. It's just, I, you know, I, I don't mind being this way is what I'm, I'm trying to say. Like I'm, I'm chill about it, but I, I don't like it when just the fact of someone's fatness is used as a joke. Like, yeah. um, for example, in like get smart with Steve Carell, there's this whole sequence where he dances with someone and the joke is just that she's ugly mm-hmm. and fat. Yeah. Um, and I don't like humor like that. And so it's tough to say because I actually, I really enjoy the hippo ballerinas, mm-hmm. but I also know the joke is that a fat hippo being a ballerina is ridiculous. So. Eh. Yes. However, I think I I think the way that it's it's shown uh, because they also bring in elephants as well. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and I think the way that they show it is that like yeah, she's big, but you can see that she's still because they animate her and they animate her like as a dancer. Yes. Right? Like she still dances. Like she mm-hmm. it's like yeah, like there are like the little slip-ups and everything, but that's just a theme throughout the whole sequence. Like even the For ostriches sure. have like their little hip, hip slip-ups. I but think that was because it's as nice of a depiction as you're going to get of a, a fat person in 1940, honestly. I think it's fine. <laughs> it's yeah. All... Yeah. I just wanted to get your opinion on it because I know you're very you're very vocal about uh about you know, fat people in in media and how they're depicted. Yeah, um, it could have been it could have been worse is all, you know, like I, I, I like them the way they are. And I think I honestly think it's OK. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. Like, I can't speak for everybody. But yeah, I, of course, you also get a little desensitized to it after a while. And it's you really want to pick your battles with it. Too. Yeah, I think the nice because, thing. Sorry, yeah. uh, no, no, it's OK. It's just really culturally ingrained that fat people are funny and mm-hmm. just by existing. And it's. Yeah, it's a it's a tough thing to contend with. Yeah, and I think the nice thing that they did as well was uh, the the character of um, Ben Alligator also initially wanted to because I think the I think the concept was that the the gators wanted to come in and eat the hippo. Yeah, I think, and then he comes in, shoes all the other gators away, sees her, and then like immediately like lusts after her. Like, yeah. you see that his whole thing changes from wanting to kill her to wanting to be with her. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's nice to show that uh, this character, that there, that the character of Hyacinth can still be, uh, can still be sexy, can still be sexual, and still be uh, desired to, uh, in that sense. Do you, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It does. Um, my my literal only point is that I think there is supposed to be a little bit of a joke, like look at this, but I don't think it matters. I really don't. Mm. I think I think it's I think it's fine. I think as you say, like they're trying to be positive, and um, like I I think media went way way backwards after Fantasia. Like I don't yeah. think Fantasia is problematic really in that in that sense. I meh. yeah, and on uh, fun fact the. Uh, person that they mimicked at that the animators mimicked to to animate the alligator uh ben alligator ben was alligator <laughs> was i believe was actually hattie's husband oh 
if That's cool. if I have my factory, let me just quickly. That's awesome. I, d- I didn't read about that part. Oh no, sorry, not Hattie's husband. Uh, it oh. was the husband of one of the other dancers that they that they used uh, to oh, inspire cool. Hyacinth. Yeah, Tatiana Ryabachinska. Yeah, she was one of the dancers that she and March Champion were the two dancers that they uh, that they mimicked. Uh, mm-hmm. I think for the other dancers or for the other like for uh, Mademoiselle Upanova and uh, and then the there was another prima oh no, no I'm just thinking of Hyacinth as the other prima ballerina they're the two main ballerinas is the ostrich and the hippo they're the two main ballerinas and uh, Hyacinth mm-hmm. was inspired by Marge and Tatiana and uh, Upanova was, in, was based on Irina Baranova Upanova. Uh, yes. I know. I know. It's funny. Uh, but yeah. But that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. David Lachine, I believe his name was. Yeah. Lachine, well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, I think that was really cool. Just kind of bringing in like, yeah. Because then you get like real emotion and real um, uh, chemistry with the dancers when you have that kind yes. of thing going. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to hang up with you and go watch Fantasia again. You're teaching <laughs> me so much. Uh, and finally, the last segment we have, as we mentioned before, uh, was Night on Bald Mountain slash yeah. Ave Maria. Mm-hmm. So, Night on Bald Mountain. Now, Night on Bald Mountain is interesting because it introduces us to one of the more, probably one of the more infamous uh, villain slash not villain characters. I say he's mm-hmm. not I say he's not a villain because he's not strictly a villain in the traditional sense that we know and that he doesn't have like a whole movie based on how he's trying to foil the hero. He's just throwing he, a party. I don't think he's <laughs> doing anything villainous. He's just, he's he's meant to be inspired by like a, a demonic or a satanic depiction kind of thing because I think the story is like Bald Mountain is where Satan goes to yeah. uh to meet with his followers kind of thing. And so I think anti-demon that, propaganda. Yeah, He's just having a party. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I agree. Like, it's Chernabog is meant to like embody evil, but mm-hmm. you know, I I'd like to attend the event. He's throwing <laughs> myself. There's a bunch of like demons just partying. Yeah, they're uh, just dancing. They all they do is like you can't see it, but I'm I'm moving my arms like an Adventure Time. All they do is move their arms like they're in Adventure Time. Yeah. Like and so yeah so like the the big tension is that of course uh, night falls Chernabog awakens on the mountain and then he casts his evil shadow over the town that's like at the foot of the mountain and then like all he basically just like summons all these like spirits and ghosts and demons and blah 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 and I think it's meant to be like now he's gonna go after the souls of the people in the thing and then you have the bell chime uh, the bell chime of the what I'm assuming is the church tower and this bell chime is meant to mark dawn but also is supposed to because the, the the thing with the sequence was they wanted to have like a kind of call and response isn't the right isn't the right term for it but like a sort of um a dichotomy of having the darkness and evil of chernabog being foiled mm-hmm. by the light and uh and i guess uh sanctity of uh a godlike being or a godlike figure like that kind of thing I I mean I took it more like it was the belief in God and good that drove him away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, and then yeah, and then you have him kind of like come into his mountain, and then it goes into the Ave Maria, yeah. which which as you mentioned before is the only time that you actually have uh, vocals in this whole movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, in any of the musical sequences. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's really beautiful. I didn't appreciate Ave Maria as a child. Honestly, I just wanted to stay at Chernabog's party as a child, <laughs> which I don't know what that says about me. Yeah. But as an adult, I really appreciate it as being very, very beautiful. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I've sung so many different variations of the Ave Maria just in choir because just you that's what you do in choir. You sing a bunch of you, – you sing sacred music, right? And so uh, mm-hmm. so I, I, I really, really liked this. I think this version was very, very nice. It was very it, – it fit. It worked with it because it, it was kind of choral, kind of not choral until you have the, the solo voice coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, the lyrics of Ave Maria were actually sung by a woman by the name of Julieta Novis. Oh. Uh, yeah, so there is a credit for that. Um, awesome. Apparently on the sleeve notes of the LP version of the soundtrack, uh, Disney acknowledged the original words uh, as written by Sir Walter Scott, but said that it had been decided to use words specially written for Fantasia by uh, by American author Rachel Field. Oh. Yeah, so I think because I was when I was listening to it, I I read that little tidbit and then I was listening to it and then I remember and then I noticed, oh, yeah, no, when she's singing, she's not singing like the actual Ave Maria. So I think it's the melody of the Ave Maria, but it's not the actual words of Ave Maria. Uh, I'm oh, my God, I'm going to try and remember now. Um, (laughs) I wish I could help you, Maria. Uh, But yeah, but it, it was it wasn't the original Latin. Basically, is what I'm saying, yeah. or yeah, yeah. an English translation of the Latin, which which is effectively just the Hail Mary prayer, is totally. what it is. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I did think that that was interesting, that he decided yeah, no, to be I... like he decided to be like yeah, like we we know this is the Ave Maria, we're just gonna change up the lyrics specifically for Fantasia. Love it because why honestly, the hell not? yeah, do it, do it, <laughs> do it all. Um, I know I have one act, uh, one act. I don't have any more acts. I have one fact about Ave Maria. Yeah. Um. So uh, the scene was actually built in a similar way to the way they do the Star Wars opening crawl using uh, panes of glass. Yes. Um, And uh, it had to be redone three times. So the first time they tried to do it, the wrong lens was used on the camera so they could see all the men in the shot. The second time, an earthquake struck while they were trying to film it. Oh, shit. (laughs) And um, the third time they did it, but they had to fil- ship the film to the lab, process it, and courier it, courier it to the premiere with four hours to spare. Oh, wow. Or else Chernabog would have won at the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, wow. Yeah, there That's you go. That's intense. Yeah, because, of course, mm-hmm. uh, the animation is entirely different in the Ave Maria sequence. Yeah. Like, visually, I- you can see it's different. Yeah, well, because it moves through so much um, space. That's yeah. why they're using the glass. You know, it's a how lo- 200 foot long setup to film it. Good Lord. Yeah, but it looks great. It does. Like, it, it, Can you imagine all of those audience members in uh, New York for the premiere of Walt Disney's uh, third and most ambitious animated feature and it ends with Satan winning? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Christians would have a heart attack. <laughs> that's intense. Uh, yeah. yeah. But there you go. That, yeah. So that's those are the sequences of Fantasia. That is the film Fantasia. Um I really enjoy this movie. Uh Me too. <clears throat> I think it's fun. I think it's definitely one of those movies that you can just kind of like have in the background. Like you like like what you did like when you were when you were young. Just kind of have in the background cuz that's what a lot of the, that music is. A lot of that music yeah. is just like 
beautiful background music and if you want to sit down and have a listen you can sit down and have your visuals to go with it like specifically yeah. i think a nutcracker would be a good one to do because uh, yes. because it's a suite it goes through so many Right. Mm-hmm. And you can just have a sit down and watch all the fun little sequences and everything. Yeah. It will also the it being so carefully animated helps see you it, it calls attention to little moments in the music that if you're not a classical music aficionado, you might not otherwise have noticed. Yeah. So that's really cool too. For sure. Yeah. I really enjoy right. it. I think it's really nice. Me too. Okay. All right. Wow. That was like a super episode. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get through all of them because I wanted to have, I wanted to give the film its proper justice and I wanted to give these sequences because so much time and effort went into these sequences. I think it would have, I didn't want, I wanted to do them justice by actually, by really talking about them and giving them each their, uh, their due credit, I think. I agree with you. Yes. So do you have any last bits of little tidbits of info uh, in regards to Fantasia? No, we covered just about all of it. I mean, yeah. anything else would be superfluous, I think, which is <laughs> the point so. of Fantasia. Anything else would be superfluous. It's perfect. Yeah. It's really nice. We highly well, now recommend Now that they edited it a little well, bit. Well, yes. Now that it's <laughs> after they added after they edited the pastoral sequence, it's fine now. Yep. <laughs> um but yeah, so right. highly recommend watching it. It's very fun. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. This is really pleasant. Yeah, I really like this. All right, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we are getting into movie number four, which is Dumbo. 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 Oh my gosh. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Fucking Dumbo. I have a lot of love for Dumbo, and I have a lot of beef with Dumbo. Let's talk about it. I have, like, I have, I, I wouldn't say I have, I don't have mixed feelings about Dumbo. I have some, I have feelings about Dumbo. I just think it's, it's just such a, such a strange strange movie it is a strange movie there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there yes all right okay (laughs) thanks anwar thank you thanks everyone for listening thank you all for listening we'll catch you all next week bye bye why am i waving i don't know you don't have to wave it's fine (laughs) okay i'm stopping okay bye